Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Phil Tiger. Slacker Well, hello, Slackers. How you doing? He's well. Good to see you on the other end of whatever speakers or headphones it is. I hope you're good, and I hope that the the last week has treated you very kindly. Welcome to the Slacker Podcast. It is now one of Europe's most popular music podcasts, uh, which is a, a really fun tag to have, and is probably the beginning of some sort of megalomaniac, like egotistical drive. Then I'll be like, it needs to be the biggest music podcast in the world. One step at a time. One step at a time. So yeah, the season um, is doing really well. And I, I guess this probably isn't even really a season anymore. Um, when lockdown started, I kind of bought some equipment and realized that I can do these from home. Uh, instead of traveling all around the UK trying to sort of find all these people and it has made my life significantly easier which has made me record way more and enjoy the whole process of making podcasts way more as well um so if you have just joined us and this is the first time you've listened to the slacker podcast let me tell you a little bit about it each week we have a new musical legend um it can be someone like who's been rolling around for years it could be someone who is really exciting and new and fresh and they will come in they'll bring a demo with them to share it's normally something from the hopefully that's not heard before um something that is special for the fans and something that gives you an idea of where it was they started from as well and then roughly an hour of chat after that sometimes less sometimes more just depends on, on how it goes um massive hugs and massive kisses to the slacker community on patreon uh slacker.com forward slash this sorry patreon.com forward slash the slacker podcast um yeah you guys are are like um absolute legends and you're like helping keep the lights on here at, at slacker hq um and yeah like i mean there's loads of different ways to get more content i just throw all everything that i possibly can that i have um whether that's like exclusive podcasts or playlists or whatever I will fire all the bonus material up onto the Patreon. 
and it's not even just about the bonus materials really like if you listen to this all the time and you enjoy it and get something out of it i mean it starts at two dollars per month was that like in pounds like a pound 60 or something like that um so yeah if you if you feel that you want to give back to it then then please do and if not then keep enjoying it for free um also there's a slacker youtube channel that i've just started at the moment i'm going to start doing live live podcasts i think at some point i'm doing some live um videos i I got some like new pc gear and i'm gonna have a lot of fun doing live stuff i think um so yeah i'll put a link to the youtube down below so you can go and check that out as well this week on the slacker podcast we have an artist that i've been really connected with since the the beginning of my sort of uh career as a dj when i when i started at radio one in 2012 uh leanne le havas who's my guest today, was one of the first ever people that I, I, I interviewed. And um, yeah, we've just, we've been like sort of knowing each other the whole, the whole way through this. So like, it, and it's incredible to see Leanne Le Havas on her third record releasing her best music. Like she sounds better now in 2020 than she did at any other point in her career. So I, that is very exciting to me. Um, this was recorded during the, the peak of the Black Lives Matter protests um and as you will be able to hear throughout the podcast it is a theme that weighs um very heavy uh on leanne who had been out uh protesting only um mere days before this was recorded um this podcast is a bit more melancholy than um than usual but for for the for the right reasons and it is something that we go into um also on on a more uh sonic note the audio around the 40 minute mark goes a little bit weird for a couple of minutes but it rectifies itself and i didn't want to edit it out because it kind of wrecks the flow of the podcast so you're going to sound like everything everything goes underwater for a minute or two and that's it for me i've been like wanging on too long um i hope you enjoyed this week's slacker podcast with leanne lahavas here it is in three two Leanne Havas, welcome to the Slacker Podcast. Hello. Hi. How are you doing? I'm okay. Thank you. How are you? I'm all right, yeah. I mean, we're recording this early on a Monday morning. Like the, the cogs in my brain are, like take probably about four days to like <laughs> like get themselves up to go in at full full pace. Like so I think I'm I'm very similar. I'm all right. Are you a morning person? You like a I night? try, try I really try to be, but I feel like my productivity only gets going by like 8 p.m. <laughs> so yeah, I feel that. I think that's takes like me a while. That's like almost like a traditional music thing, isn't it? Like a musician who like yeah, not, not to I'm, be cliche. But yeah. <laughs> my missus gets yeah. up first thing in the morning. She's like, she does a big stretch and then she goes, right, let's go and do stuff. <laughs> Whereas, like, I feel like one of those orcs that are being born in Lord of the Rings that's coming <laughs> out of this primordial soup and is just like, oh, fuck everybody. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot about that part of the film. Yeah. But yes, I'm more like that too. It's really hard to, you know, sometimes it's been hard to get up. But um, that's good to have that influence around you. Lockdown um has made my sleeping pattern 
screwed up so bad. Like I normally mm-hmm. go to bed about midnight. I think I'm like averaging about one or two a.m. now. Yeah, yeah. You don't really have to get up so early when you don't have to put on pants. There's a there's a real sort of like well, exactly putting on pants. Yeah, and you. I mean, you don't have to have a shower. You don't have to wear a bra <laughs> if you're a lady. Mm. Um, I mean, you don't have to anyway, but. Going outside is recent to wear a bra a lot of the time for me. <laughs> Same here. Same. Amount of, weight that I, amount of weight that I've put on during lockdown, like I've got like a little B cup going on. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. So we're, we're going to bring you on um, to to play like a, a, an early track of yours. Okay. Uh, sometimes we play like a, a demo. Sometimes we play an early track. It just depends what 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 we're sent. And yeah. We get sent um liar oh good she's a liar with a, a heart of stone fell in love with a phantom was all her own illusion dreamt of a, a fantasy i watched her die now it's killing me he's a liar the, a heart of coal He could blind her with beauty Such a, a foolish goal Illusion Dressed in a, a fantasy I let him lie And it's killing me What more is there to do but cry? What more is there to do but cry?
realized that um, there was other stuff that was like even less heard than than that first EP. So yeah, I was really, I thought, oh yeah, liar. Um, so that's the actual first song I ever like collaborated with um, Matt Hales on. Mm-hmm. And it's the first, it was one of the, it was the first song I actually ever co-wrote with someone else. And I was really scared about writing a song with a stranger. And it wasn't like that at all. Like working with him was just like a member of my family or something. He was, and he still is, it's 10 years later and we wow. still collaborate all the time. I was going to say, did you, like guys write guy. did you guys write together on the new record as well? We did. Yeah. Most of it. Wow. So um, like, I mean, if, if the, if the chemistry works and why, why fuck with the formula? Exactly. That's the thing as well. I always have been very, uh, protective of, of the process of writing a song because I think it's so, it's so unexplainable and it's so phenomenal to like, even feel compelled to write a song it's just weird and I can't I don't know I think there's lots of sorcery at play sometimes (laughs) but then in the sort of industry you know I found that I was it was suggested to me a lot of the time like oh why don't you write with someone why don't you write with this guy or that guy or you know and it wasn't generally other artists it was always like a and a producer type person in the behind the scenes and I have to kind of go and see them and be expected to make a song in a day someone I'd never met before someone I'd never had any kind of prior friendship with before and that just sort of became the norm and I was like that's I don't know if I'm okay with that yeah I've I've seen (laughs) artists like um like even on on my like label like I've I've had artists that have written with other people and the majority of the artists probably just write by themselves and on my label, mm-hmm. but we have had co-writes and stuff and yeah. I've seen it work really well where artists that like get almost have that sort of competitive edge where they go mm-hmm. in and they want to, it helps them become better because they've got somebody to throw ideas off. And I've seen yeah. the opposite end where they're like just really not into the fact of sharing the the idea and the privacy of of songwriting Mm -hmm. yeah it's a different mindset I think for this album I couldn't have written with anybody that was a stranger to me um however like on the second album I did work with I was I had come around to the idea at that point I was like okay so I can just as long as I go in with a real sense of who I am and what I'm capable of, then it's and and an open mind, then it's that can be kind of then it's okay. But I think just depending on what you're writing about, you know, some stuff is just not meant to be. There's, there must be shared. there must be like a massive moment of like because like the, the emotions are high because if you're writing about something that's quite private or something that that means quite a lot to you. And you disagree yeah. with the person that you're writing with, or they're disagreeing with you. It can be a bit of a a pressure cooker environment, can't it? It's weird, yeah. 
I found that the, the best thing is when you feel comfortable enough with someone and when you trust them enough to say that you don't like something. Yeah. That's actually a lot harder than, you know, any other aspect of it. It's like, I don't actually like that. Can we change it? And so, I can do that with hmm. the people that I work with. And of course, on your own, you can be like, I don't like that. Sometimes so, it doesn't need yeah. to be the reason other. Like I think the like the subjectivity of it is enough. <laughs> like something yeah. everybody always wants a reason going like because I've been I've played in bands before and like especially in a band of four boys where everybody has a say and not mm-hmm. everybody is right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So yeah, like, yeah. Sometimes the subjectivity of it going, it just doesn't sound that good. Or I just don't yeah. like it. It's fine. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a bit like, oh, it's out of time, it's out of key. It's, a, it's not the right rhythm. It's not the right this, out or the other. I yeah. just don't like it. That's fine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's cool That's, that you're in a band. I didn't know you were in a I, band. I was in a band. I was in a band like when I was, a, was a kid for about 10 years. Like I, I, I hung up my headphones at the, the tender age of 24. <laughs> 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 14 to 24 i got i got a gig on the radio and i was like so i like i'm i'm too much of a pussy to be on a tour bus all the time i think (laughs) like yeah sit sit in the house and go and talk about music instead of playing bass yeah yeah well you know um have you ever had any sort of situations where you have gone and it really hasn't worked and it's just like oh god God, what is going on why have you why, why has this happened yes absolutely um, several times. Uh, I remember the, the a time in particular, and I don't want to name any names, but um, much too classy for that. Yeah, well, I try. But no, <laughs> I, I I went in and I had an idea for a song that I was quite, you know, because obviously it was early on in in my sort of experiences of writing with co-writers who were middle aged men. And um, I had this thing that I was, you know, it's quite a sort of tender guitar idea, you know, really serious thing I was writing. And then this guy just kind of tried to add this whole completely other different section onto the other half of it. Totally different, like, tempo and essentially tried to erase my idea. So he's like, I love what you've done here, but I'm just going to change the, the vocals, rhythm, melody. Yeah. And percussion. Yeah. So that is something you have to be aware of as well, is other people trying to use you as their vessel to express themselves. Yeah. Because they're not the artist. And it's mm-hmm. so... It, for me, that day was really dark. I got home and I just cried my eyes out. I was like, this can't be what it's like. I don't want it to be like this. And yeah, I was just really sad. Never listened to that thing again and didn't speak to the guy again. You know when they say like the the thing is be the change that you want to see happen? Hell yeah. Like when you, when you like I think about that and, and in terms of like this, Instead of like younger, like say like artists that are coming through that are just starting out or on their first EP now. Yeah. And they have the possibility of working with X, Y, and Z who are middle-aged white singer-songwriters, right? And that's because they make up the majority of 
songwriters and and i'm going to say as well like no offense to them yeah, yeah it just is this way that it is and that's you what i mean like, come you... into it thinking that that's just the way that it is when it could be different you don't know that it could be different but does that make you want to like co-write with people as well to be that point of difference do you know what i mean absolutely so, like, so, like, I can... people can come to you instead of go to x y or z absolutely i can tell you the amount of times on one hand first of all that i've worked with another woman and then and second of all that i've worked with another black woman mm-hmm. and it's like it there there must be some there's something up there yeah because i just you know it can totally be different and I'd, i've always wanted also to be a producer to help others kind of just realize their thing rather than telling them what it should be just kind of you know being another set of ears someone they can put their trust in you know yeah to say do you like this and i actually do they care what i think you know like i'd love to be that for someone because that's something i really have found helpful I think like that, that's that's part of the giving back nature that you should have in a creative industry because it's so difficult to get in and make a career out of music and being mm. being a, a singer or an artist of of any any description. Yeah. That when, when there's somebody else is coming through, you kind of almost like need to pave a, a fresher path for them through yeah. the industry. And I, like I get I get a kick out of that because I do a lot of music industry stuff, like like books and things like that yeah for young kids that are coming through in a diy way because cool like i don't think that there is a lot of um there's like there's a lot of conflicting knowledge out there on 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 about 100 different websites um Mm -hmm. about what you should do and what you shouldn't do and i was like right well i'm gonna put put together a book of like the best people in the industry talking about what what these all these things are but i love that you've done that but yeah i've I've at points tried to google you know what is the right thing to do here in this situation and uh, there's nothing because yeah. obviously every experience is individual too yeah i mean person. you can boil it you can boil it pretty much down to like really two two sentences two, two points hit me i've got a R- pen write the best music you possibly can and have a good lawyer <laughs> there you go done <laughs> that's it that's, that's good i like the second bit that's clever <laughs> ladies and gentlemen do have a good lawyer yeah exactly it's pretty important and a yeah, lot of- i would also say do it for the right reasons of course like, yeah not the lawyer the music yeah um like make sure i don't know i feel like if you're doing it it shouldn't just be for to get famous yeah yeah, yeah. i think those people use are it as an outlet for your your emotions so if we go, sort of go back to the sort of beginning of your your sort of musical career i yeah. want to sort of talk about the the sort of mix of greek heritage and jamaican heritage because like those are yeah. like like a, an unusual like pairing because I, I come from ireland and both my parents come from like 15 miles apart so i i have no interest in like um culture clashes in my family and i always kind of wondered what it would be like having parents from a different from different yeah. parts of the world um well it was amazing but at times confusing as fuck <laughs> um yeah but like i i always I, I to add another layer i was raised by my 
Jamaican grandparents mm-hmm. in South London. So my mum's parents raised me. Um, and my, that includes, so that was my grandmother, my grandfather and my great grandmother. So my granddad's mum. Wow, you've um, been spoiled rotten. Well, that's what everyone says. But <laughs> my granddad was very good at discipline. All um, right, okay. And he, like, obviously, I, I like to think I was the favourite, but, yeah. you know, if I messed up, then he'd be there with, you know, his scary self. He's not so scary anymore. He's like, you know, just a lovely granddad type now. Um, but, yeah, I just, you know, I had this kind of weird situation that I didn't know at the time was, you know, different to my friends and things. And my parents were there. They just didn't, they weren't together. So they kind of lived in different places. And, you know, I was very close with both of them, however. So it was, Mm. I feel like I wasn't missing out on anything, but I, I, I knew that it wasn't your traditional two parents, maybe a brother or sister. A double Christmas. I'm, I'm a child of the yeah. world. Well, great. Double, double presents. Two, two, two crimbos. And yeah. you get to, yeah. More and food, two more different presents. types of food as well. The food, I must say, from these cultures is absolutely incredible. Between, if you had to pick between like Jamaican and, and Greek, no, Greek no. food, like I would, I, I'd find it very, very difficult because I love both. I, I'm I not. Can't, a, I can't I pick. My, my dream was, was to have like a restaurant that was Greek and Jamaican cuisine kind fusion. of fusion. Yes. Yeah. Um, it's a weird fusion to have because they really don't complement each other, do they? Like, like they, yeah, they so might not. <laughs> well, exactly. But you could, I was thinking you could have like, you know, you have spanakopita, you know, the spinach pie. Aye. Yeah. Feta yeah, yeah. cheese. You could do that with callaloo instead of, spinach or something like that so you just fuse it subtly and make it still taste good <laughs> you're, Hinton, you're you're like talking too many flavors and spices to somebody who comes from a, a nation where you're like the national dish is potatoes like <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty much all we got like like well that there you go i'm so yeah i i also grew up just knowing what a breadfruit was and then i still do what, what is it bread what is it Breadfruit is a really beautiful, starchy kind of accompaniment to your meal, which could be, it's, it looks like, what does it look like? It's hard to describe. It kind of looks like a football with tiny little hexagons on it, and it's green. And okay. when you, you can roast it whole, and inside is like white flesh that is similar to, it's kind of a sweeter flavor. Kind it of looks like a lychee. To, yeah, kind of, but like not spiky. <laughs> I, I ate a lychee once and convinced myself I was allergic to it and <laughs> freaked out and thought my tongue was swelling up. No, it's just, some, it's just different. <laughs> I just had a massive flashback of how much of an idiot I was. Um, yeah, I, I just looked at it and I was like, I have no idea what that is. Well, I encourage you to yams, try I, it. I have no idea how you would cook a yam. Like I see yam is still really, for me, very hard because you've got to like, I remember how my grandma was peeling it and there's a certain way that she would peel it and then it's like kind of sticky when you take the skin off. 
or it's not sticky it's like slimy or something mm. and then you have to like soak it in water or something i don't know there's loads of processes to jamaican cooking <laughs> i, I <laughs> used to live in dalston and um I, and you would see them like you, you would go into like the the turkish market or or ridley road market and there would just be yeah. everywhere and i'd be constantly going past them when i first moved here like 2012 and i'd be like what is that weird hairy looking tree thing that yeah like, it looks like, like the that. roots or yeah. the bark of a tree yeah and i saw an interview with um Usain Bolt, who said that like that's why it got so fast, and I got really, <laughs> I got really. Did you like, start going yam? Yeah. I remember like going up to them and asking them, going like, "How do I cook this? How do I eat this? Like, what what is this? Like, uh, am I too old to win the hundred meter?" Uh, <laughs> <event>? <laughs> that is so cool that he's like promoting yam. I love that. <laughs> I mean, like people t- talk about like celebrity endorsements and stuff like that, but yeah. like. If the right person says it at the right time, if the fastest person in the world says this made me the fastest person in the world, then who are you going to listen to? A lot of people are going to be like, sweet. And it's like, (laughs) exactly, exactly. When I sat down to write questions today, which I haven't looked at probably more than once. Uh, I didn't think we'd be talking about um, Usain Bolt and yams, but like, here we are. I love that we are. (laughs) I'm happy that we are. I haven't even, I've been dying to talk about yam. Jamaican cuisine and cooking for much too long yeah um but like was was the Jamaican music and Greek music was it traditional like when in your Mm -hmm. I suppose it was probably more Jamaican um yeah than than it was Greek it was it was a mixture um my grandparents were quite religious so they would listen to kind of religious reggae so basically I don't know like songs of of praise but with lovely jamaican style reggae beats with it very old sounding tapes we had and then my mum would come in with her michael jackson and her devil no no (laughs) we all we loved all of that too my you know music is devil music if you're if you're listening to religious stuff i mean it was luckily it was a mixture but my 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 family kind of liked whatever was on tv oh that's not too bad that's not too bad like my granny used to say that um neighbors was immoral so if i was watching it like you could imagine why neighbors i come from a big what's wrong with neighbors my granny was closer <laughs> to God than most priests are. Like she was just wow, super yeah. Like, like you know, <laughs> you, know <laughs> you know what I'm saying. Um, but like that, that um, like reggae music is cool. Like it's 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 not like it's bad out. Like do you know what I mean? There's there's so mm-hmm. much there's so much great 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 reggae music. Like yeah. I bet you like reconnecting with that must have been fun when you were a bit older. Yeah, I went to Jamaica when I was 24 um with my mother and I guess I didn't really think about how significant it was when I was doing it it was only after we got back that I felt kind of changed in a way I felt more evolved I felt like I understood myself better I kind of found um I found some peace in how I wanted to express myself and my choices and just, I don't know, it was really, really, really beautiful going there. I actually have a postcard that my mum wrote me to thank me for 
going with her to Jamaica because oh, I was like looking out for her as well because I'm very protective of my mum and like I could see like guys trying to hit on her <laughs> it's like excuse me who are you what's your name excuse me goodbye my mum said thank you for being my bodyguard <laughs> that's that's incredible that's that's amazing I love how you stopped your mum getting hit on well you know not that she doesn't deserve to have some fun but just not with you know just weird guys I used to, to be that protective over my sister and I w- especially when we were about maybe about 19 or 20 mm. she's, she was probably about 16 or 17 and it was the first time we were ever out in the same nightclub together at the same time yeah out in the smoking area and I was sitting chatting to her and some guy just came up behind her like you know trying to like chat her up and she mm-hmm. turned, turned around with a cigarette in her hand right she's only 16 <laughs> or 17 she smoking in the first place um and she just turns around with a glass of rosy wine and just turns around to the guy and is like what is your angle pervert (laughs) fuck off (laughs) and that was the moment i never worried about her ever again i just that is amazing what is your angle pervert (laughs) wow i do not need to worry about this one ever again that is brilliant there you go wow it's just in some people Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. So, um, bringing it back to the, the music, like the, it, was, it was singing before guitar. Guitar came a lot later, didn't it? Yeah. So the, it was piano before singing, then singing, then guitar, like, a decade later. Yeah, because, like, you're so good at guitar. Like, it, it blew my mind that I didn't even know this, that like, you only started playing it at 18. I did, yeah. I, I wanted to play it before that, but if I'm honest, it didn't seem like it was being, I don't know, I just didn't see any women playing guitar when I was growing up like seven or eight years old I just didn't see anyone on telly playing guitar and I just wasn't it just seemed like it was just for boys in my eight-year-old brain I was Mm. like oh guitar that's for boys I'll play the piano then 
And then, of so course, annoying, like, you know, now I've grown up and I think, God, there needs to be way more girls playing guitar. That would be good. Um, and I love it, it because I saw some girls playing guitar. I was like, I want to do that. But it wasn't until I was 18 that I saw those girls. And um, I kind of went from there. I think this is a good point for women playing guitars because like uh, in alternative rock like the sort of new new music like uh, yeah. coming through especially indie music yeah. um, women are absolutely slaying the lads at the minute yeah. Uh, yeah. In, in terms of cool points and in terms of just writing good music so yes. I, think, I think there's going to be a whole new generation coming up I reckon <clears throat> my my thesis is like give it about five six years and there'll okay. be real mainstream amazing all female guitar bands because like the gen- okay with that the generations coming, coming through now are like the ones that are sort of the, the flag bearers almost and like the ones coming through will be the ones that benefit from it because mm. do you know what i mean every generation i say this and it's and, true though it's yeah but like i'm just i'm even thinking about it now and like every generation it gets a little bit easier but then i mean you look at the black lives matter movement at the minute yeah. and it seems like it's got worse yeah or it's just, it's like, it's visible. It's now, it's, everything is like, you can explain a lot of things now that you maybe were ignorant to, myself included. Like, stuff I didn't think was anything to do with my race. Because that's what you just, that's what's around you, is what you're constantly surrounded by. Mm. And then yesterday... It kind of all flared up again. I had a long conversation with a friend. And it just was like, oh, man. Like, some really weird shit has happened in my career. That at the time just kind of, you know, was weird. And then I would move on from it. And then I realised, oh, <laughs> it's because of this. <laughs> so, what, what do you mean? Do you think that they, they do, the colour of your skin has held you back, like in the music industry? Or? I don't know held me back necessarily I think I'm really proud of what I've been able to do um regardless but just noticing the you know just the lack of black people at the label you know people working in these places and then also if you if you are black in the label then you're put onto like the grime project or the R&B, you know, and someone who doesn't play guitar, who's black. It just, I don't know. I don't know if I feel like if there's enough representation for someone like me who does play an instrument and I'm not the only one, there's others. And I feel like maybe, maybe, you know, in after all of, you know, during all of this, people can shed light on other aspects of just kind of you know racism inside of things that means that most things are run by white people and it could be so much more diverse in so many areas i think it's really it's a matter of representation isn't it like you can't Mm -hmm. change anything without having um people of like all sorts of backgrounds in 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 um, those positions of power with everything that's been going on the last week I, I've definitely been asking myself some questions because like, you, yeah. like I, I, I've been talking to a couple of friends of mine as well I'm like going 
like do I shut up and do I say nothing? Like, cause like obviously it has nothing to do with like me and my color of skin. But then the question I'm asking my friend is like, surely this is this a, the point where I should be speaking up as well, mm-hmm. or should I be saying nothing? I I don't really know because obviously I feel strongly about it. I think if you feel strongly about it, then you should speak up. Yeah, it's still well. I just, like, if I'm, you feel strongly, middle class Irish white like <laughs> yeah, but that's that. Also, you can use that. You can use your privilege to say it to other middle class white guys. You know, it's like if you feel strongly, you can say something, and it and it won't be taken the wrong way. I don't think. Yeah, if I you're think in support of it because it's 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 quite obvious in a lot of areas where things need to improve or at least I think it is but there are people that don't see how glaringly obvious these things are that need to change so yeah I think if anyone who you know who can who's intelligent and who can speak up you know for the people that don't quite understand and definitely definitely and like and out of this out of this like a lot of there's going to be a lot of change but there's going to be a lot of incredible protest music as well i think i think so i honestly never there can't not be (laughs) yeah i've never wanted to protest something in my life and i went to the protest this weekend and i was just crying i was thinking what can i do and i've also been just like responding this week personally you know with with art i just found it made me want to draw it made me want to say something made me pick up my guitar for the first time in ages to actually make a new thing and i was just thinking yeah there's gonna there's so much to be said about it and it goes into so many different little areas as well it's like obviously the the big umbrella of racism if you Mm. want to call it that so it just yeah and it's it's something as well that i realized i like i was saying earlier a lot of stuff microaggressions and things that you experience because you've grown up in a predominantly white country and city you don't you just sort of don't acknowledge them as anything and you're just kind of like oh yeah well you know if you're getting followed around a shop for example like yeah yeah i always was followed around shops like you know the corner shop or super drug or whatever and I was thinking oh yeah it was, it was okay you know it's probably because I'm a rowdy teenager that they're following me but then is it always because yeah like and very and that's just one example there's so many other things that I've realized now I was like oh damn that was probably not as innocent as I thought it was because I was making excuses for something that's made me think the way that i think god that's like a whole paradigm shift of your life really isn't it yeah like you're going back dude i've been going back so and, many lessons you must be tired crazy you must be very tired like the cause i am tired i actually am tired yes i see everyone's instagram posts saying they're tired i'm like yo me too bro <laughs> <laughs> like I'm actually I woke up a little sad today. I have been for about two weeks, but like today particularly was just, I don't know. It's just 
heavy. It's really heavy. I'm trying like not to look at Instagram too much and Twitter and just because obviously people are sharing the realities mm. of what's going on, but it is so traumatizing to watch and you don't realize how it sticks with you. And then you end up dreaming something really weird. And then it has the thing that you've seen in the, in your dream. And I don't know, it just really infiltrates. Yeah. It's like osmosis. It's just like, yeah. it, it just seeps in everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I'm just trying to, like I say, like I've been drawing and it, it's like a way if you're in pain for me, like, I don't know, just to get it through your hand onto the Get it out almost. Yeah. yeah, it's just like cathartic. How, how, as is writing music. How does it feel like writing, um, sorry, not writing, but releasing like um, an album in the, the midst of pandemics and protests? Like it, it, it must be. A, a, yeah. Especially because like it took, you know, like the last album was 2015. So like you yeah. must, be, must be really excited about this record coming out, which is fucking amazing, by the way, so far. I've Thank only heard, you. I've heard three tracks and I love it. Um, and I've been playing um, Paper Thin and Bittersweet quite a lot on my show. Thank you. Um, but like when there's been that five years between records, you must be so excited to get this out. And then when this all drops on you know, the two, when 2020 falls into the burning bin, yeah, um, it must be a little bit like difficult or, or, or does it mobilize mm. you more? Um, well, I, at the beginning of the year, you know, there was a, there was different plans and I was, you know, getting ready to release it and we had certain dates and then the, the virus, you know, the, the, it all escalated news of everything so we just paused it for a second basically um and then yeah we this it sort of became like well you know people are still gonna release some music so maybe it makes sense to kind of still do it this summer and I didn't I did feel actually a bit weird about it because I just it's hard when it's you know it's my job isn't it? it's my it's like yeah. my actual occupation so I felt a little strange just because you know I'm not I just felt it felt like I'm not important in this so why would I be like oh listen to my single you know like my album's coming out but then I, I don't know. Then I thought, well, it's just if it's just out, then it's out, and that's my. I just that's something I was always gonna do. So then I kind of came around to the idea a bit more, and yeah, started to actually feel quite positive about it and quite excited, and you know, and then all this other stuff's happened now with protests. I'm just, I'm still a bit. bit I don't know, it's a little bit weird about it. However, I think there is a, you know, there's a kind of a place also to have a bit of light amidst the dark goings on. And it, it, maybe it's, you know, I've been really listening to a lot of music in this time. So maybe it's okay again. I don't know. It's very confusing. And I want to know how other artists feel about releasing stuff right now as well. Cause I mean, obviously 
We I, didn't know that George Floyd was going to be murdered in this way, in broad daylight, on camera. So it's really, it's really hard to I've feel seen, relevant. I've seen two, two approaches to it. I think, well, you're in the middle of like a, a, a like an album campaign and you've got like mm. tracks out and, 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 and yeah. all the rest of it. And I think your music brings so much joy to a lot of people that like that escapism is really important. If, if I was setting out my first single from a new album or if I was setting out my first single from an EP and it was meant to come out last week or this week or whatever, yeah. not a mission. I mean, yeah. like I've looked after, I looked after a band or I still look after a band um, who had a contentious song called Bomb Scare. Oh my was, goodness. Um, uh, but the, the song is, it's written by 19 year old boys from Northern Ireland. And it's not actually about that. It's about, um, it's about young black people getting shot in America in 2015. Wow. Um, um, so it's like a dub, double, double message really in there. Like, and we released it around the same time. I think a, like a bomb had gone off somewhere and it was just like, Oh God, what have we done? Like we need to take this down straight away. Yeah. I think you can be sensitive to things to a certain point, but at the same time, if your music's bringing the people who are protesting, the people who are suffering through pandemic a little bit of space as i know it does because like people react to it when i play it on the radio then mm. that's a good thing i think i i mean i hope that it's bringing some joy because yeah i was so yeah i just want to feel like what i do is of some use and that's tough when i you know i don't even i don't really make protest songs either but I understand that even just being me, just being visible is like saying something, you know? So I yeah. feel this, a kind of sense of having a reason as well, because I, I want to show other young black girls that this is possible and maybe that helps in some way like that. So hopefully some meaningful change can come with this. Just having conversations like this with you could yeah, I mean, like, something well, I've noticed around <laughs> this is like if if your heart's in the right place and you're trying to get the right message across, people will be okay. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and also, you know, social media is a tool that I think should just be used for spreading positivity and important information. I yeah. hate that there's a reward system for it. I hate that there's likes and that you can like someone's comment. Or the, I don't know, knowing the number of views something has had really messes with your head. And I think the point of it is rather to spread positivity and instead it's, but it can, ends up being a very toxic place. So yeah. that's I why I choose not to dip in there all the time. Really I, com I completely agree with you. I, have, yeah. I mean, I, I have to, but yeah. I completely agree with you. Um, there was something, well, last time we did an interview was, a, um, we do, cause we've done a couple of interviews on Radio 1. I think the first interview yeah. I ever, one of the very first ones I ever did was probably one of the first ones you did on Radio 1 as well, back in 2012. Yeah. I think it was like the, the week that I started, I think I did an interview with you. Wow, yeah. Um, which is going way back. You don't look a day over 2012. Yeah, another do. Another day. <laughs> oh my God, there we go. Sweet. I thought that, that, that's the only reason I came on this was just to get that sort of pandering. <laughs> um, but like, we haven't done an interview since. And no, we have. We've done like one or two interviews since. But I never got to ask you what it was like um, 
and I'm sure you've been asked this a million times before, but I'm not going to... Is it about Prince? Yeah, but I'm not going to not yeah. ask about it because it's... No, you have to. I understand. Um, but, like, he, he passed away in 2016, and a couple of years before that, he was in he was in your living room. Like, you know, he's a big fan of your music. He covered one of your songs. Yeah. Um, and I just, like... You make me, like, you make me cry. I just, I just wonder what, what it's like to... to to have that support because like he really is the ultimate supporter of incredible artists like like if he gets behind you like he will he will and he he also like just finds artists out of nowhere as well like you know yeah. like like he's like the ultimate like tastemaker really when it, when it, when it comes to I agree music. with you like i remember meeting him and like one of our activities that we did was to watch, he loved watching comedy and like documentaries and <laughs> live performances. Yeah. And I remember one of our first, um, our first interactions was watching Esperanza Spaulding's performance at Austin City Limits Festival. And he just had it because he had recorded it off telly or whatever and he had it lined up to show us. I was with my band. And we were all at Paisley Park. <laughs> we were all very, you know, we acknowledging how surreal the moment was in the first place. And then he shows us Esperanza Spaulding. Um, I was already a fan. And then just knowing that he, that's just, that's what he did. He spent his time absorbing loads of, you know, talent and finding people just like how he found me just out of the blue i don't know it's just did he ever tell you that like, was, it, was it like a website like was it like a, a performance on youtube or like he uh found me i think because a friend of a friend of his had played him my et my first ep and then i did a, a performance at the scala and it was live streamed or something was live streamed. I can't remember what it was, but he watched the live stream. <laughs> so he was like, I just watched your show and I'd like to talk about it. And then I was like, okay. Sure. So then he called me and we just talked about music. We talked about um, songs and he asked me if I liked Joni Mitchell. I was like, of course, I love Joni Mitchell. And he's saying, um, how he, you know, liked my song Age. And then he wondered if it had been written about him. <laughs> and, um, just, I don't know, just the most incredible, surreal conversation that, the, that was then cut short because my uh, phone battery died. So I could hear the, the thing beeping. And then I said, oh, I think my battery's going to die. He's like, it's okay. We'll talk again then. And I was like, okay, cool. And then we did, you know, we stayed in touch and we maintained and it became a genuine friendship to the point where I could just call him up and say, how are you? Or send him a new song and, you know, not even ask him what he thought of it. I'd just send him stuff, you know, so he knew how I was doing. And then he'd give feedback. And if I'm, yeah, I don't know. I really, I kind of, I miss him. Yeah, of course. Like, uh, I miss him. I miss, like, just, you know, knowing that he's there. 
and it didn't hit me for a really long time that you know the, that he had actually passed away and that he was actually not coming back forever I and i just i don't know it was really just really tough to deal with i had so i hadn't spoke to him you know for a few weeks before he died so i was just you all those things come through your head like, oh, i just wish i could said something like how are you or sent him another email or i don't know just something stayed in touch better but that's i think when people pass away that's something that always goes through your head yeah yeah you've done better yeah, definitely i think that's what we, that's the, the the sort of common the common yeah. feeling is like when was the last time you spoke and well like what i gathered from from that was like he's he's just tunnel vision music isn't it like it's just like yeah it, it's not even it's it's beyond a passion it's like it's an extension really of of yeah who he is because i mean his output was always incredible yeah um and i would encourage you to watch uh his most recent appearance on arsenio hall um he had an interview and he did a performance on that show and he asked like a bunch of us to come be in the audience. So it was like, like <laughs> me and then like all of his life. friends, his music friends and just, you know, lots of other amazing black female instrument playing, you know, just his kind of people that he really cared about and, and encouraged. So we were all watching him do this fantastic interview and in the interview, I think you should watch the whole thing. But yeah, I definitely will. He said, he said, I think Arsenio said something like, you know, what was your first job or something like that? Like, what, what did you do? And he was like, I looked in the phone book and I looked at all these lists of jobs and I thought, I don't want to do any of that. None of that's at me. And then he said, so I spent the, the, the he spent every waking moment working as hard as he possibly could to do music and that's what you've just said he you that's what you see when you think of him it's just his unapologetic uh point of view musically and with himself using himself as like a canvas for his expression and just getting it getting his point across like this is who he is and that's what that's the message i think that he's he's sort of passed on to to the rest of us is just to be the best you can you can possibly be it's a it's a testament to to him like because like how hard he worked and uh, like yeah. hard work and talent will get you to wherever you want to be because it's not like he had anything handed to him like i mean he did like, that's what i'm he, saying too like he yeah, wasn't yeah. he wasn't of the like ilk of pop star that that was like Actively necessarily privileged or yeah. had like loads of opportunities given to him you know i, I watched the i watched a show um how it was done by the guy who made king of the hill and it was oh, cool. about it was like a an animated thing about um old funk bands and it was like stories behind the scenes and yeah. there was stories about how when prince came and uh would support rick james on on tour and yeah. like rick james would get really paranoid and freaked out that like prince was better at him so like 
he would continuously over the years try and get a bigger set than Prince would have wow. and, yeah. and it was just like it was ridiculous but I don't think Prince yeah. cared Prince didn't care he was just going about his, his business exactly just, that's, that's the thing you just gotta just do you and it's so hard as well and this, this whole industry is so like, competitive and like I said with Instagram and things like that just everything trying to make you feel bad about yourself or trying to make you feel like you're not as good and it's just like put that all away what do you really want to do what do you really like and just follow that and keep doing that and that's the most happy you can be I think is when you're truly you know when you've pushed away all of the sludge to find that thing that truly makes you feel like yourself and feel happy you sound like that on your new album like I, the word, I'd, 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 oh, written, mate. I'd written, thank I'd written, you. I'd written down the word like, and it's a word I don't use because it's such a cheesy, heavy word. But it, it feels like I wrote down. It was like it feels like it was a freeing experience to write that record. Um, and I, yeah, I stick by it. Like, I mean, all the so- songs in it bring me joy, and they, and they hit, they hit hard. Um, and you know, like they bring cathartic joy when they need to bring cathartic joy. The, the, the melodies and the guitar playing like make me feel like happy because you know it's like that balance of like happy sad um, yeah yeah but, but just cathartic it, what is it catharsis yeah and it yeah. it sounds like a it sounds like a record that it, that's you if you know what i mean thank you so much that's the biggest compliment when if anybody has said that to me about this record that's the best possible thing because i was i got t- that's why i called it leanne la havas as well got tired of feeling like I could have done better with the last album, you know, feeling like I could have, if I just had my opinion go across just a little bit more, or if I had just made, put my foot down a bit about this other thing that didn't happen, you know, I would have felt even prouder of it. I'm very proud of all my albums, don't get me wrong. Those, the last one particularly was really, in so many ways, amazing to make but so not me (laughs) to make like I just wanted to do my own A&R for example I wanted to just pick the ones that I wanted to do and I remember having you know heated discussions let's say with people at the label um you know about about which songs were going on it and I was like well why don't you trust me why don't you just trust me to be able to write a good enough song and and know what I want to say on my album, you know. But I didn't, I also back then, I didn't really know those things as well. I was a bit younger, I was learning. And like I said, I had just been to Jamaica, realized how like, how deeply important it was to do that with my mother and loads of shit was going on. So when I got round to this album, I was like, it's got to be called Leanne Mahavis and it's got to have all my own decisions on it. Yes. Because now I can stand by it. And if anyone says something like, oh, I don't really like that song or blah, 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 blah about this. I'm like, cool. I don't care. Because I like <laughs> it. I did it all myself. Yeah. You can have it. You're welcome to your opinion. But you know when, you know when you've got that one piece of doubt about something, that and then somebody just one person says that thing and you're like oh i knew it 
I, I wanted to avoid moments like that on this. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a, like I mean, I haven't heard the whole thing because I haven't, I haven't. I haven't want you to hear the whole. I haven't thing. got the record yet, but um, it comes out. When's it come out? I don't know. Seventeenth of July. Boom. Um. Well, I can't wait. I can't wait to hear the whole thing. I'm sure I'll, I'll, I'll badger like whoever it is at your record label for a for a sneaky sneaky copy. But I just what? received the like the finished vinyl. Did you did you do an unboxing? How, how, I how? did actually, because <laughs> all of my band uh, are on the album, so I did a little video for them, and, and then I thought maybe I'll pop that on on the socials. That's nice. You can That's all see the packaging and. I got this sticker as well that comes on the shrink wrap. Even that was designed uh, or co-designed by myself. So, yeah, it just feels like a really significant thing to me. This almost feels like my actual first album. Yeah, it's it's like the first album of a new chapter, isn't it? Yeah, it's my first album doing it because I wanted to do it and I did do it and every intention I had which was to have a live band on it to produce it myself to choose all the songs myself and make sure that everything was a story to have 10 tracks to just everything feels right for me Mm -hmm. and that is that's something that I think I don't know I, I feel like I wish I knew that earlier like that it could be like this yeah and now I feel really proud of it. I think that that story of of of, of doing it yourself and <clears throat> and doing it yourself through a major label as well. Is I was going to say gonna, they let me. <clears throat> that was cool. Yeah, that is cool. That is very cool. Um, because that doesn't happen very often. I think it's yeah. But you've shown like you know I'm um, like over the, the those two albums that you can <laughs> that you can't be trusted. Do you know what I mean? When, <laughs> yeah. Within, within a major Thank you. And, and they're like going, all right, fair enough. Yeah. Um, no, so, but yeah, that's that's great. Like, I mean, you can t- you can tell from what I've heard of it anyway. I can't wait for um, it to come out and everybody else to to hear it too. Yeah, me too. I can't wait. Thank you so much for for coming on the podcast and um, it's having me. Yeah, that's us, Don and Dustin. Yeah, lovely. I'm a bit in mosh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, maybe it's maybe. Maybe recording them on a Monday morning gets them a little bit more sort of... Yeah, <laughs> true. But there's like a lot going on and you tapped into a lot of uh, memories and things that, you know, were super important to me, basically, that maybe I didn't realise how important they were. Yeah, so sorry. <laughs> I might have put you, no, it's good. It's put you onto an existential trip for the for the rest of the day. I mean, like <laughs> I, I I wrote down like all these questions this morning. Normally, I'll do yeah. them a couple of days in advance because I'm quite yeah. I'm normally decently prepared. Yeah. But like, um, I didn't even touch on half of them. I was just like, I can't keep you here for another four hours. Like, <laughs> no, it's okay. like if we want to chat a time, then yeah. I'll... all Thank right. You so much. My pleasure. Thank you, Phil. Really good to see you. Hold up. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.